I've, I've said that there, there is no greater motivator than desperation. Uh, but I think the, the thing that's, that's made us successful uh, for the long, you know, four or 10 years and what will continue to make us successful, you know, for the next 10 years and beyond is a, is a commitment to doing it right. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. In this episode, I'm talking to Chad Wesley Smith, a coach, powerlifter, and martial artist who founded Juggernaut Training Systems. Now in its 10th year, Juggernaut is one of the world's leading centers for developing athletes with an eye towards strength, including weightlifters, powerlifters, throwers, and more. In addition, he's one of the most accomplished raw powerlifters of his generation, squatting over 950 pounds, benching over 550 pounds, and deadlifting over 800 pounds at the top of his strength. Chad is also a prolific content creator, and his thousands of videos, podcast episodes, and articles through Juggernaut have reached millions of people online. In today's episode, Chad and I talk about his evolution from standout track and field thrower to international powerlifter, and how his personal growth influenced what Juggernaut is today. We also talk about differences between training for weightlifting and powerlifting, and how artificial intelligence is powering a new wave of strength programming. Also, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barben podcast in your app of choice. Every month, we give away a box full of Barben swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. Well, today I'm talking to someone who needs no introduction in a lot of realms of the strength community, and that is Chad Wesley Smith. Chad, thanks so much for taking the time to join us in the middle of celebrating uh, 10 years of juggernaut training systems. I'm sure you're pretty busy these days. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, you know, some some days more more than others, uh, we've over the last 10 years been able to figure out how to you know, get a lot of this down to a, to a system. So able to batch a lot of, a lot of the work, but, uh, but yeah, always, always a pleasure to, to join. Thank you for having me. Now I, I am curious. Juggernaut is obviously known for training fantastic athletes, putting out fantastic content and training programs. How much of your week is spent in actual you know content creation and curation for, for the company? Uh, so a lot of the content creation stuff we we do in batches. So yeah, like two or three weeks ago, Max was here for uh, for a weekend, and I think we you know recorded ten videos, twelve videos, something like that. Uh, a week or two after that, Dr. Mike Isertel was here, and we did another ten or twelve videos with him. Uh, so where we used to be sort of constantly recording videos all the time, particularly when Max was living in Southern California. Uh, when he moved away, that that precluded our ability to just record whenever we felt like it. And we got into having these sort of marathon recording weeks uh, where we, I think the first one we did, we recorded like 60, 70 videos in one week. Um, and that, that also sort of shifted. Uh, I don't know if it was 
if it was a correlation or a causation, but shifted the type of videos we do a lot, get into doing more of these, these series where a lot of people will probably watch things like our squat pillars, bench pillars, uh, videos where we do these series of, of five to, you know, five to eight videos all on the same topics, trying to give people a little bit more on like a, a little bit more digestible, you know, five to eight minutes rather than uh, what can be kind of overwhelming 30 to 40 minute videos. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, I mean, we get asked at Barbend, some of my friends, some of our readers will ask us, you know, they, what the schedule is. They kind of assume that maybe we're filming things or recording things dripped out evenly, but really we are recording in batches and we are dripping them out a little bit more digestibly a little bit over time. So planning that content calendar ahead is definitely something that that happens behind the scenes. Now, when Max moved away from where you all are located, uh, Max, your, your, your business partner and one of the other very well-known coaches uh, at JTS, I mean, was, was that the plan that he would be coming back at regular intervals or you know, was that a bit up in the air as to what the future of his involvement with the company would be? Uh, no, it, it was, that, that was uh, the plan. No problem with that. Uh, pretty easy because, you know, if, through, through the 10 years, and people can, can go for more in-depth on this, I have a series that we're doing on our YouTube right now called Juggernaut X, which is just kind of a year-by-year storytelling, uh, more or less, from you know, the startup of the company and then a bit about you know, my competitive career, coaching career year-by-year, year, the growth of the company, ups and downs, uh, struggles and triumphs. Uh, and Max Ada came, became involved with Juggernaut officially in uh, twenty very end of 2015, start of 2016. So I'd already been going for six, six going on seven years at that point and, and had gone through some different iterations. So it was, uh, you know, cool for the time that he was able to be down here and, and, and that was great, but it was also a very... Uh, a lot of long days, long weeks, long months for him traveling back and forth uh, to Oakland, and and the I think the the staff on the Orange County to Oakland Southwest flight got to know him very very well. Uh, <laughs> he made that made that trip something like thirty times in eighteen months. Uh, not always flying, but but uh, several driving times in there as well. So it was much better for his uh, his you know, rest and sanity to, to be in Oakland full time and just to come down and, and visit for the, for the videos and, and, you know, for the athletes part of things, we've, we've always had athletes spread uh, across the country. So that's nothing really changed there. That makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Even coaches need a break from time to time. They're not, they're not dynamos that can go forever. Well, that's a little bit of a taste yeah. of, about where uh, JTS is now. And we'll get to that a little later in the podcast. I do want to talk a little bit more about Juggernaut X and a decade of producing fantastic content athletes programs in strength training. But as a little more of your background, for those who might not be aware, Obviously, you're the founder of Juggernaut Training Systems. You're a world record-holding powerlifter. You're a martial artist, which I want to touch upon a little later. How did you first get involved in strength sports, and when did you decide that competing in strength sports, particularly powerlifting, was something that you wanted to pursue pretty heavily? So, yeah, um, you know, track and field is my my background. I competed uh, throughout high school and college, throwing the shot put. 
I won two NAIA national championships in the shot put for Concordia University, which is a small school uh, here in Orange County. Previously to that, I threw for the University of California, Berkeley. Um, so I'd, I'd always just been into lifting, been into training. You know, even in high school, we didn't have a strength coach or anything. So I, you know, used the much more limited resources of the early 2000s internet to uh, figure out how to train and you know watch world strongest man on had watched world strongest man on on espn like i think so many people had so i was always into it whether it was you know lifting myself arnold schwarzenegger movies rocky montages whatever it was i I was always fascinated by strength and realized at 14 years old you know freshman in high school that lifting weights was going to make me a better football player and a better shot putter so i better figure out how to do it and just sort of you know, through teaching myself and a little bit from our football coaches and stuff, learned how to train and, and kind of was lucky in that as everyone tends to do gravitate towards what they were good at. And I was good at squats and cleans and sprints and jumps, uh, much better at those than I was at, at curls and, and flies and, you know, the, the bro workouts that so many other 14 and 15 year olds fall into. So I did that. I, I liked it. I saw the results from it in my performance and, and went on to, you know, to have a good track career and went through one year as a post-collegiate. And in that year, uh, as a post-collegiate is when I had started Juggernauts. I graduated college in May, 2009, started writing, you know, air quotes, a business plan for Juggernaut in June, 2009. And I say that because, you know, my degree is in history. I, I was writing what I thought was a business plan. You know, I Googled, how do you write a business plan? <laughs> and I went more. <laughs> and uh, and then you know got an investor in July 2009. Got keys to our first uh, warehouse for the, for the first gym in August 2009. We're open in September 2009. Just barely 23 years old with uh, you know thinking I, I knew what I had gotten myself into, but but really with no idea. So I, I stayed uh, throwing the shot put for that next year. But uh, my coach. Uh, uh, a coach named Len Bluetrick who'd coached me through my last two years of high school and then last two years of college, passed away shortly uh, after I graduated from cancer. So <clears throat> that next year, you know, I, I wanted to to keep competing as I'd, you know, thrown thrown pretty far, even though I was at a small school. I think it, uh, I was at a little NAI school, but I would have had the third farthest throw for all collegiates. Uh, my senior year of college, regardless, Division One, Two, Three, NAI. So I wanted to keep throwing, you know, kind of chase that what would have been the 2012 Olympic dream, uh, sort of honor Coach Blue's memory, but with no coach at that point and working uh, anywhere from you know 60 to 80 hours a week uh, with starting Juggernaut up there, it, it just wasn't a sustainable thing. So through for that next season, and then I think competed in my last track meet about June, 2010. And the, for that first, for about that, that year I had been sponsored by elite FTS, um, you know, as a, as a shot putter. So I was putting my train logs up there and, and starting to write some articles and everything. So when I, and I came to the realization that the Olympics weren't going to, weren't going to happen for me, I figured, well, I'm, I'm already strong and, and I'm on this powerlifting website. So, I, I guess I should do powerlifting and I'd never, uh, I'd never been to a powerlifting meet. You know, I'd seen, I'd seen videos, 
and stuff of, of really what was all multiply uh, powerlifting at the at the time, though I didn't really understand what that was. Um, but but yeah, then then about July 2010, so shortly after my last track meet, I, I decided, all right, I'm going to start training for a powerlifting meet, and did uh, the program, the Juggernaut Method, um, which was something I'd, I'd written for athletes at the gym and been using with a lot of you know high school and college football players, soccer players, basketball, this sort of stuff. And I was, said, well, I'm, I'm going to use this, uh, for, for my own training. Uh, you know, let's put, put my money where my mouth is on this. And uh, yeah, that put my money. Yeah. That made sense. Yeah, put, I think put your money where your mouth <laughs> and, uh, is. I am curious yeah. kind of going into this first block of dedicated powerlifting training. Obviously you'd been lifting weights for almost 10 years at that point. So this is the first time you're training specifically for powerlifting and not throwing. What kind of numbers, do you remember what kind of powerlifting numbers you had going into that first dedicated powerlifting block? Because obviously you had a pretty good base of strength and especially explosiveness leading into that. Yeah, so uh, when I was throwing the shot put, I bench pressed 500 pounds, which if you've seen power, if you've seen shot putters bench press, it would definitely not pass a powerlifting standard. It's like with a very big bounce ass off the the bench and that's sort of a that's very useful for shot putting but so i benched 500 pounds in that fashion and then i was like well i better figure out what i could pause bench and i think i did 425 um and then in the squat uh i was really into west side i did a lot of a lot of west side style of of training through that and i had box squatted 725 and then i figured like well i better see what i can what I can free squat because there's no box at the at the meet. Not not and that think, not that I'm aware of in powerlifting, unless they've changed something yeah. in the past few weeks. Yeah, and I remember squatting like five fifty for a triple, and it being hard, and and especially that the last, you know, from right above parallel to right below parallel, where the the box would have been, um, being a very challenging portion of things. So. Yeah, I'd say 420 bench, 600, low low 600s, maybe 650 uh, in the squat and just a and just a belt, uh, and then so I use the Juggernaut method uh, program just as it is in that original book to do my first meet in October 2010, which was in fact the first ever USPA meet. Uh, the president of the USPA, Steve Dennison, had just broken off from the USPF. So I signed up for what was a USPF meet. It turned into a USPA meet before we competed, and I I competed in belt and knee wraps. I uh, squatted eight hundred, benched four sixty two, deadlifted seven hundred. That's a that's a, a pretty market increase from what you were from what you were going into that training block with. You did, you put your money where yeah, your mouth and, is. And, yeah, and the knee, the knee wraps part of things is is uh, I guess hard to maybe quantify their, their value at that point. Cause I'd at the meet was only the second or third, third time I'd ever worn them. And like I said, I, I had never been to a powerlifting meet. I didn't know people in Southern California where, where I lived that were powerlifters. I, you know, I just showed up and like, okay, I'd, I'd knee wraps aren't that hard. Like you, you wrap it around your knee a bunch of times as tight as you can like that, that, was my extent of like knee wrapping technique. So, so I'm there at the, at the meet and I think I wrap my, my own knees for, for my last warm up, 
And a, a guy saw me and he's like, Hey, do you want, do you want some help? And I was like, yeah, sure. That, that would be great. It turns out to be a really, really good single ply lifter, a guy named Alan best. And he, he asked me if I had a preference about how they, how they were wrapped. And I just told him wrap it the way that's going to make me squat the most. <laughs> um, so, so he, he helped me out a little bit with the knee wraps there. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I actually, I do. So my, my, I'd done that 545 for three, uh, before, and I know I, I squared 635 for five in sleeves, uh, before the meet. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I about turn my one rep max into my five rep max probably. Now, Fast forward four, five, six years later, you're an established name in the powerlifting community, especially as a competitor. Around 2014, I believe you you would were starting to compete internationally. What were your all time numbers at the at the peak of your powerlifting prowess, so to speak? Uh, yeah, that was 970 pounds, 440 kilos in the squat uh, with knee wraps in the super heavyweight division. I benched 567 pounds, so 257 and a half kilos, and deadlifted 815 pounds, which is 370 kilos. For a 1,055 kilo total, uh, was 23.25, which I think when I, when I did it, I think was the ninth heaviest total ever at super heavyweight, somewhere around there. It's, it's moved down the list quite a bit since then, but uh, at the time, it was pretty good. You, you talk to anyone who was lifting at a very elite level four, five, six years ago, and their overall rankings on like all time total lists have a lot of them have just plummeted because powerlifting over the past four or five years has just a skyrocketed in popularity, but b there are some monsters across weight divisions absolutely crushing it these days and across federations as well. So um, still incredible. Yeah, even when I when I did my first meet, I told nineteen sixty two at at three hundred eight, and it was. I think tied for second in the U.S. Uh, Ernie Lillibridge Sr. and I were tied for second in the U.S. at 308s. And that's a number now that, I mean, 181s, like John Hack has done more than that. There's several 198s and then you know a lot of 220s and stuff. And, and that was a huge number. Anything over 2,000 was really like uh, elite of elite, even for, for 308s and super heavies. Now, Chad, one thing I didn't realize coming into this recording was that the chronology of juggernaut training systems, I didn't realize you'd started it so quickly out of college. I thought you had a couple years of a buffer in between when you graduated and when you started JTS. So the story of Juggernaut X, of of a decade of Juggernaut training systems, is really kind of the story of your professional and adult life in many ways. Do you think – well, what do you – yeah. What do you think has been one of the biggest factors in JTS's success and growth over the past 10 years? Desperation. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as I look back at, at 10, 10 years ago, 2009, when we started, you know, November, we're in November 2019, November 2009 seems like 10 lifetimes ago to me. And, and there were so many very stressful early times as, as any, you know, business owner is going to have regardless of age uh, and particularly probably any 20, you know, 23 year old business owner is going to have, you're making a lot of mistakes. And there, there was, it was such a different climate for not, not just powerlifting and weightlifting, which you could not have had a powerlifting and weightlifting gym uh, that could not have existed 
I don't, I don't think 10 years ago as, as a, a true viable business, especially not in Southern California where, you know, rent is not cheap. Um, so we were not that we were a sport performance gym. Even once I started powerlifting, we were not a powerlifting gym. We we're a sport performance gym. I just did powerlifting. Uh, and there, there were some very lean, lean early days there. Like, you know, seeing double digits in, in the bank account when it was time to, you know, when the rent came out of there and, you know, get, getting to times where it was like, man, we, I got to figure we got to figure out how to get more clients. So I got to figure out how to make some more money uh, and, you know, online coaching and, and writing articles and writing, writing books like the original juggernaut method was definitely part of that. And that's why, you know, jokingly say desperation, but when, when you got to make some, some money, you can write an ebook like pretty fast. <laughs> that's the, you know, the, when kind of like if, if you're in college and you got a 20 page paper due, you know, in two days or the next day, you can write 20 pages pretty fast. Uh, same, same type of thing comes up when, when you got to pay the bills. Yeah. It's, it's like college, but with, with real consequences, rent is a, is a bit more, <laughs> yeah. rent is more uh-huh. pressure than grades. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but there was definitely uh, times where I've, I've said that there, there is no greater motivator than desperation. Uh, but I think the, the thing that's, that's made us successful, uh, for the long, you know, for 10 years and what will continue to make us successful, you know, for the next 10 years and beyond is a, is a commitment to doing it right. That there's, there's decisions I could have made that maybe are more lucrative, uh, you know, better marketing decisions or whatever, but are, would not be true to what, what I feel is, you know, the, the right way to, to teach, to present information, to, you know, just to go about business and, and, you know, we're committed to presenting the the best information, the most useful information, which is not always the easiest to digest, uh, simplest, sexiest information, but it's, it's principle based. And we know it's, it's here for the long haul. Now, the next question I want to ask is about how you've changed as a coach. And one thing I, I do want to kind of lead in uh, when asking this question is in regard to the tools you use. And one thing we talked about a little bit before this recording was some of the very cool artificial intelligence tools that JTS Juggernaut Training Systems is using to improve athlete performance and client outcomes these days. So how have you changed as a coach over the past 10 years? And what new tools like the AI systems have you started to incorporate to help your athletes perform better? Yeah, great question. So, you know, as a, a coach, I've, I've just gained so much more experience through my own training and through coaching athletes from, you know, nine, 10 year old kids who are going to be playing AYSO soccer and, and Pop Warner football and all that to some of the best powerlifters in the world, NFL players, uh, UFC consulting for Olympians, all kind of things like that. So, you know, I've just gained a, a, so many more tools in the toolbox, whether it's different cues, whether it's just different perspective on, on these ideas, gotten to talk to so many other successful coaches and athletes and, and, you know, glean information about what's making them successful. So as far as, you know, what my coaching looks like from a programming standpoint, it's totally different. And, you know, I'll do Q and A's on, on Instagram and, and Facebook or whatever. And 
people ask, well, you know, what about, what, what about this and this on the juggernaut method? And I'm just like, well, you know, that's a book I wrote seven, seven years ago, or juggernaut method two, a, a book that came out seven years ago, like almost everything is, has changed uh, in that sense. And, and a lot of it has gone towards my understanding of how to individualize training um, based on athlete type. So, you know, most, most programs that, that, you know, name programs, juggernaut method, five, three, one starting strength, whatever programs that have, that have a name, uh, they're, they're fixed parameters. They, they're this many sets and this many reps. And when you look at, you know, a bell curve of all the possible athletes out there, you know, and whatever bell curve that is size of the athlete age, um, you know, strength experience, those fixed programs may work very well for a section of that, of that bell curve, but understanding, you know, what changes the needs of beginner to intermediate to advanced, like that's, that's something that has become very frustrating to me is, you know, whether it's on Reddit or just in, in Q and A's or something, people asking, well, what's the best beginner program? What's the best intermediate program? Or that program is just for advanced athletes that if you understand the principles that guide the programming, there's no such, you know, there's, there's no longer beginner programs, intermediate programs, advanced programs. There's manipulating these principles to be appropriate for beginners to be appropriate. You know, the, like if, if we were to take two very on paper, like divergent athletes uh, that I coach Marissa Inda and Brandon Allen, five feet tall, 114 pound, 43 year old female lifetime drug free to six foot one, 350 pound, you know, openly untested male, you would think that there, you know, many people would think that their programs are totally different. Uh, like they're different types of programs, but they don't differ by type. They differ by, you know, by magnitude, by, you know, pardon the pun, but by dosage uh, in the sense of, of, you know, how do we change frequency? How do we change volume? How does relative intensity change? Um, and, and that's really what allowed us to create the Juggernaut AI system working with, uh, working with Garrett Blevins is, is having this understanding of, you know, why do beginner athletes need, you know, relatively higher intensity than advanced athletes? Why can females tolerate more volume than males? Why do tall lifters not need as much volume as shorter lifters and taking all these, these factors and helping them work together within the context of our, uh, our volume landmarks, you know, developed with Mike Isertel and James Hoffman and all the great people at Renaissance periodization to manipulate minimum, uh, you know, maintenance volume, minimum effective volume, maximum recoverable volume, uh, on this, these sort of sliding scales that, all right, if, as you get taller, you need less as you get, you know, as someone gets lighter, they need more, so on and so forth. Uh, so, so that's really been the the big, the big change, as uh, is, is just understanding how all those individual differences impact the athlete's needs. Now, you've talked a lot about the powerlifters you work with. You you mentioned Marissa, Marissa, and and Brandon as two examples. There, Juggernaut Training Systems is also known, and, and this is certainly Max Max Ida's uh, purview as well for training weightlifters, very, very high-level weightlifters, people competing for the United States and even other countries on the international stage. What are some of the challenges that you face 
in programming and providing for athletes across different strength sports. And if you can, maybe give a couple examples of weightlifters that JTS works with regularly to uh, today. Yeah, so in, in the weightlifting uh, part of things, Max Max is the weightlifting coach. I'm, I don't coach any weightlifting. Uh, I think the, the best description of the relationship there would be like, uh, I'm, I'm Jerry Jones, he's Jimmy Johnson. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the owner of GM and he's the actual, he's the actual coach. I just take, I just take the credit for it. You know? Now, now Chad, but, uh, we, now Chad, we've all seen videos of you muscle snatching 275 pounds or 125 kilos. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Yes. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like watching, poetry in motion. it's poetry in motion. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that. We, we've posted those on Barbend before. They always, people always have a, a great yeah. reaction. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> you know, that, that actually is one of the great one of the great regrets of my own athletic career is when I finished throwing the shot put, I, in hindsight, wish I would have transitioned to weightlifting because I, I'd done, I mean, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I cleaned up 180 kilos, um, that I probably could have kept that, you know, going and, and I stopped doing really any of the weightlifting mo- movements. My last two, two and a half years of college, that's a, a different thing, but, but, uh, yeah. So working with the, the weightlifters, I think something that Max and I have done extremely well is that we both have our, our systems and they're these scalable systems to go from, you know, Alyssa Ritchie national champion world team member, you know, for team juggernaut at 49 kilo class up to like David Garcia, uh, who will look for us in the 96 kilo class at, at American open um, and do, he's ready to do some, some big numbers. So understanding, you know, why, why Alyssa needs what she needs compared to why David needs what, what he needs and taking the, the scientific principles of strength training, like in our book, specificity, overload, fatigue management, stimulus, recovery, adaptation, variation, phase potentiation and individual differences and understanding the implications of those for powerlifting, for weightlifting, uh, for super total for the athletes like uh, Megan Scanlon, who Max coaches in both powerlifting and weightlifting, um, understand what, you know what that actually means to them, and then it allows Max and I to you know speak with a common glossary uh, to to steal a, a, a phrase from one of the the greatest humans of all time, Jack Clark, who listened to the Jug Life episode with Jack Clark. He's the the head. Uh, the head rugby coach for the university of California, 20, 28 MLS 34 national championships that they've won something like that. And he talks about one of the real tenants for their, their team success is this idea of establishing a common glossary. So, you know, when, when the coaches are referring to whatever rugby technique, I don't know what they are, that all the, the athletes know exactly what they mean. So when we, you know, as, as coaches for Team Juggernaut talk about big toe pressure in the squad or keep your knees forward or, you know, whatever the cue is, that all the athletes know exactly what that means. That when we, you know, put out videos and we refer to MRV, maximum recoverable volume, you know, it's it's consistent and the and the audience can understand understand what that is. I think that that's been been hugely beneficial and it's it's been such a great thing to have max come in and, and uh, like I said about late 
late 2015, where we actually established a, a official USAW club, Team Juggernaut, where prior to that, I had had uh, you know, sponsorship type of relationships with, with weightlifters, but they, we were not an official USAW club. But when Max came in there, there's really no one else I could think of who could fill that role because uh, no one else has the, the background in both powerlifting and, and weightlifting and, and the knowledge and prowess that, that Max does in both of those. And that was kind of funny because that was the, the way that we got to know each other was we'd met at, at powerlifting meets, you know, just kind of like, like been there competing together and had a little five minute conversation here or there. But then I would go to watch our weightlifters at these weightlifting meets and I didn't know anyone. And then I saw Max and Joanne and I was like, I know them. I'm safe talking to them because you know, all the other, a lot of the other weightlifting people, I think, you know, back 2013, 2014, they're like, you know, who the hell is this? Why is this huge powerlifting guy here? He's, he's not one of us, but I knew that Max and Graham, they, they knew me. So they were like, I, I just, you know, latched on to, to them at these, these weightlifting meets and, and, uh, Cause I knew that, that I was like, Oh, they know about powerlifting too. So I'm, it's good. I can talk to them. I just have this vision of you at your, at your heaviest competition weight, showing up to a weightlifting event and getting like really scared. People were going to bully you and like point, <laughs> point their fingers and you just try, like trying to hide in a corner and not call too much attention to yourself. Um, weightlifting. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, they were probably like, why, why is that guy sitting by himself? Is he too big to have any friends? Did he eat his friends? <laughs> I mean, hey, I I don't I don't think either of us have reached the point where we're we're too big to have friends. But maybe maybe we could ask some some very active super heavies today. Like, when do you get too big uh-huh. just to be around other people? When do you just get too strong? Well, Chad, well, yeah, because people probably have, like I may have I may have eaten my friends. That's why they weren't there sitting with me anymore. People get suspicious. People get suspicious. You know, the a- absence says a lot. Yeah. Well, I do have to ask since this is a podcast. I do want to mention the Juggernaut Training Systems podcast, which you and Max. Uh, co-host and, and it's it's been going on for for quite some time now has a ton of ratings and reviews and subscribers and it, it's something that I listen to regularly and really enjoy I gotta ask is there a dream podcast guest you all haven't had on yet and if so who is it um hmm so yeah jug life podcast we've we've been doing for and probably like three like three years I think there's Hundred and by by the numbers of our episodes, I think we're on one hundred and fifty. But I know that there's some other like bonus ones and ones that we didn't number in the mix there. Uh, I know someone someone who we've been been meaning to get on who who I think could be very very interesting would be Piros Dimas. Um, so excited to get him on at at some point. As far as a dream guest goes. You know, a lot of these stories that Max has of of training and and living with Ivan Abajayev, you know, certainly, obviously deceased now, but uh, the stories that Max does of him are are pretty excellent. He would have been fun to have on. Maybe we'll just do an episode in which Max just does a nonstop impersonation <laughs> of Abajayev, and and always people are asking us to have Louis Simmons on and or Mark Ripito, um, because, you know, we've been pretty outspoken in our critique of, of their methods. 
though it, it is not really appealing to me to, uh, to have either of them on. Not that I'm nervous about like them saying something and it like stumping me or changing my mind. I just don't feel that they are capable of having like a, a real discussion about things like, you know, to, to go back to the common glossary idea, if what I say is a squat is when the crease of the hip goes below the top of the knee. But if, if that is not being a commonly understood when we're talking about squats, then the numbers that people talk about are not exactly relevant and, and things like that. But that, that would be an interesting one if, if it could be moderated well, or, you know, I'd probably have to bring someone else, someone else in for that. But, uh, yeah, no, no one that, that, that really comes to mind. I think Piros is someone we need to have on in the, in the near future for sure. I think all those would be. I'd I'd listen to all of those. Although uh, it sounds like in in some of those situations there might need to be riot gear and some restraints that can hold very <laughs> very strong people. No, I'm 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 kidding. Um, well, Chad, it's it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I know you're a busy guy, especially with all of the fantastic initiatives and content that Juggernaut's pushing out for your 10th year anniversary uh, of founding the company over 10 years now. Where is the best place for folks to keep up to date with what you're doing and then with what JTS is putting out as well? Yeah, so on Instagram, they can follow me at Chad Wesley Smith and then follow the company at Juggernaut Training. Um, you know, the, the spot where it's all getting consolidated into one place is jtsstrength.com. Uh, all the videos get posted there. Couldn't really tell you the last time I wrote an article with regular words, but uh, but <laughs> we have a, lot, you know, a, a deep archive of, of a lot of great articles as well that they can find there, as well as Juggernaut Apparel, all of our coaching. Uh, so like the AI coaching that we, we mentioned that's been amazing for, for powerlifting uh, and power building so far. We've had some really, really strong lifters on it, even a bit surprising to me how strong some of the people ha- uh, who have used it are and how strong they've gotten. Um, though I you know, did design it uh, with the, the capability to coach from beginner lifter to the most advanced. I didn't necessarily expect really advanced lifters to, to uh, give it a shot, but we've had you know, a guy total like 2170 at 275 with it in knee wraps, just had a, a 2000 pound total uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I think was the fifth guy who'd used it to deadlift over 800 pounds, uh, a silver medalist in, at, at Raw Nationals using it. So that's been really cool. Uh, Max and Garrett have been working very hard on the weightlifting AI, which uh, no surprise to anyone who understands the implications of powerlifting versus weightlifting training is immensely more complex than the powerlifting AI. So it's been a, a really hard process for them there, but that's going to be out in its beta form soon, as is our jujitsu strength and conditioning uh, AI. So we're excited about that. Uh, so they can you know find all that stuff there, apparel, all the podcasts, Jug Life podcast, at all the normal places people find podcasts. And then Juggernaut Training Systems on YouTube, I uh, have, a, I think, like 270,000 subscribers or something, which is always, you know, funny and strange to me to think because I, I, I started that channel just to put my own, you know, training clips up there. And, and being a YouTuber was definitely not a thing uh, when I started that, even before Juggernaut existed. Um, and I still, I, I would not consider myself to be a YouTuber. I rather just 
put things on YouTube. And I think that that's an important distinction. And if I ever become a YouTuber, I will probably hate myself, but uh, they can, they can subscribe there and yeah, two, two to three new videos a week. Um, if my, my ultimate goal with the YouTube is that when I do a Q and a, every question that gets asked, I'm just linking a video to it. Um, and we're pretty close to that point already. So if you have a, a question about powerlifting and weightlifting training, um, and you've got a little bit of initiative to, to search through the channel, uh, you can probably find a very in-depth answer to that question. Uh, and because we've got so many videos on there, like 1,300 videos or something, uh, when we hit 250,000 subscribers a couple months ago, we actually, I went and curated all of our, well, what I feel is our best, most useful, useful content by topic into one uh, PDF with all the videos just embedded uh, right there in it. So, you know, if you want to learn about squat technique, you just go to the squat technique section and boom, there's like, you know, and two hours worth of worth of videos. So it ended up being, I think, 250 videos and like 40 hours total of uh of content and they can find that on our website if just google you know, juggernaut youtube book and it should be right there awesome chad wesley smith thank you so much for joining the podcast look forward to chatting again in the near future appreciate it thanks for having me david